Ladies and gentlemen, I usually start these episodes with a lot more energy and a lot more uh, joy and comedic relief, as you know. Uh, but today I need to bring more attention to what's happening in my home country in Iran right now. Uh, Masa Amini uh, was murdered by the morality police, which is bullshit. It's not really serving its purpose. In fact, a morality police is already uh, an incorrect and an inhumane uh, policy and, and organization that what its real purpose is, is to just control women and control the rights. Um, and every woman has their own choice. And that just does not apply to America. It applies to all over the world. So please share. Uh, it's all over social media right now. There's been protests. Now we're on day four. And I hope it doesn't end until that dictatorship is uh, finished with and the people can have their nation back. It's no longer Islamic Republic of Iran, but rather it's Islamic Republic versus Iran. So everyone, please spread the word, spread the news. We're all human beings. These borders are all fake. We all need to love each other and protect each other and let each other be us. Let us be us. Let the women be them. Let the people be them. You could piss away money on your own time. We need to shift the funds. Make it look like a lateral move. Right. The manufacturer is going under, but maybe the supplier or the umbrella company. Foxconn owns the vehicle manufacturer. Perfect. Shift to Foxconn, we'll take a small hit, and won't look like we're cashing out. Do we tell our clients? Are you stupid? We have an obligation. You want to talk about red flags going up? What's the SEC going to do if they see a handful of billionaires dumping the same shares at the same time? So, we say nothing? Like we tell all our investors, there are no sure things. I made the right call. You made the right diagnosis. What's the difference? You can't jab a needle into someone's arm without telling them what's happening. Even if it saves our life? <sighs> okay, look. I get it. People don't love my approach. I'm brash, I skip the pleasantries. My dad died of cancer when I was a kid. 10 doctors told him he was fine before the 11th said he had four months to live. I don't want another little girl to go through that. Sometimes that means taking matters into my own hands. The idea of raising people is romantic. The reality of washing snot street clothing four times a day makes me want to drink myself to death. Oh, uh, speaking of, what time does the Applebee's open? What about those moments when your children need you? When there's no one more important than mommy? Oh, you mean when they're grinding calluses onto my nipples with their gums? Or the other day when one of them wiped a shit mustache on the other one's face? Fuck yeah. They open at 11. And now, I'd like to move on to episode 82 of Fumble Podcast. And I have a very special treat for you guys today. Um, speaking of 
being children of immigrants, myself included. I was, uh, I was born in Iran, but raised here. But uh, my fellow actress, producer, as well as a great friend already. Uh, I met her in a, in a acting class together, and we've uh, just been finding a lot out about each other and how much we have in common. Specifically, being children of immigrants and pursuing the art of acting. And I'm trying to get her into comedy as well. <laughs> so without further ado, uh, my good friend, Catherine Wynn, she goes by Cat. How you doing, Catherine? I'm good. I'm good. It just worked out. So, hey, yeah. Nice. I got a sound mind, sound body. <laughs> <laughs> well, we we have um, – I need to still work out. Uh, I'll probably do it after this episode. But, um, man, so I read your IMDb. You were born in Houston. Yeah. So talk but I about do not talk like a Texan. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. Uh, what What is – um? how long were you in Houston? Let's start there. I was born and raised in Houston. Houston is, uh, those of you that have not had the uh, opportunity to visit there, it's almost sea level, completely flat. There's no hills. When I grew up, we used to go to Colorado to see mountains. <laughs> so I would drive across the state of Texas. Basically, driving my Honda across from Houston to L.A., going through Texas is half of the trip. Man. So technically, Houston is closer to Louisiana. It's like 80 miles from the border. Right. So like Houston to El Paso is literally, I think, 900 miles. El wow. Paso is just then you get into the next city in New Mexico, Las Cruces, it's called. But that is the halfway point between Houston and Los Angeles. Wow. So, and Texas, you know, Texas uh, is like its own country. You know, yeah, people yeah. think they, they uh, you know, it, it, they have a large economy there. Like here too, California. I think it's bigger than my whole country of Iran. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but, um, and Houston's not a typical city. You know, there are a lot of foreigners yeah. that live there, but uh, it is a, a, a city of uh, technical people, scientists, engineers. That's a good that, segue. That's a it, good segue. Yeah, that was the path that was planned for me for me. That's right. That's right. right. So that's what I want to talk about. Now, your passion is in dance and acting. I I actually had an initial interest in acting when I was uh, five years old, having two foreign parents. You know, my mom is from Romania. My dad was born in Burma, but he was Japanese. They met. They came to the United States and during Nixon era, 1972. Wow. So, so they had quite a story, but I was first imitating my mother, who talks a little bit like this. And then <laughs> I was imitating people in school. Um, you know, one kid from North Carolina, and then, uh, hi, my name is Croft Thomas, now from North Carolina. And then, so I used to imitate them at home. So I realized I have this gift of doing voices mm -hmm. from a young age. But there was no avenue for me to, you know, go about doing acting. So I was always in the arts, though. I'm classically trained in piano and ballet. Mm -hmm. And I became very obsessed with ballet, uh, especially as a teenager when I had some major family problems when I was about 12 and a half, 13. Oh, wow. And it was my, like my escape. And it was, uh, but I have to say, it's a little bit masochistic. <laughs> mm. 
but my my dream has always been to act masochistic how like the the field of ballet or is, is masochistic yeah you're oh. rep it's so repetitive the movements mm. and you try to attain this perfection that never exists mm. you know like the elements of ballet are basically are your legs high they call it extension are you a great jumper are you a great turner and it doesn't stop because mm. the standard in ballet is heightened every 10 years they say every generation Girls used to do three pirouettes. Now you have girls on Instagram doing like 15, 14 in Japan. It's like insane. So it's kind of like becoming like the circus a little bit. <laughs> that, yeah. Uh, at some point, is health becoming an issue in that field, do you think? I would, you know, I think people are more wise with, you know, taking care of their body because the body is used as an instrument. You have to feed it properly. But there's lots of eating disorders in the dance community because you have to try to look a certain way, but you have to perform also. Yeah. So it's contradictory a little bit to have the idea. So I would say it's more open towards ballet bodies, but for the mainstream, you know, you can't carry excess weight and you got to always watch what you eat, but you're always active, but you're prone to injury. Right. Right. And, um, that's that's the thing and trying to do something that's unnatural for the body that's why dancers train ballet dancers train for so long because you're trying to make something natural that you're not meant to do we're not meant to turn out like ducks and walk around and lift your leg a certain way and point your foot so <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah so but i have a host of injuries oh. and um but I still dance. It's my lifestyle. Not yeah. like I used to. Yeah. But uh, it, it, it did give me the discipline for acting. I would say. Oh, I, I can totally see that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a very disciplined form of dance for sure. Um, how was there, it? There's a big difference. I had this conversation with someone. There's a big difference between ballet and acting in that. And uh, you might agree with me here as you're a, a musician, right? Mm -hmm, you're trained mm -hmm. in music. Um, in the arts, um, you can see the technique more. Like ballet's done all over the world. So you could see if someone's a great turner, a great jumper. It's very visible. But in acting, you know, it's a little bit more nebulous, the technique. Mm. Because it's part of the character. So I think that, act, and especially acting, you're not trying to attain any perfection. Ballet is very geared for technical perfection. The art is based on the technique. I see. Yeah. Acting, I think they're integrated. It's yeah. very hard to pinpoint it a little bit. It's true. Depending on the, yeah, there's so many elements too that can uh, affect the, the approach in acting. Yeah. As you and I have been practicing. <laughs> yeah. And, and you're way more seasoned in acting than I am, but... Um, uh, how was it though, because this is really the, the real, um, something that we really agreed on, uh, mm -hmm. as we were discussing, uh, our upbringings, how was it growing up loving the arts, but growing up in fam in a family that really pushed the sciences? Oh boy. Yeah. Well, <laughs> even though I have a European mother and an Asian dad, education is is uh was utmost uh it was foremost you know priority mm -hmm. which even i'm raising a child now i agree the education is vital mm -hmm. but i was basically groomed 
from a very young age to become like my dad, an engineer. Mm. I was, uh, you know, so I took that identity. I wanted to please my father. My mom was the one that put me in the arts, but my dad always kind of raised me to think like the three main jobs are lawyer, uh, doctor, and engineer or yeah. scientist. Mm -hmm. So I had that mindset for a while, even until I went to college, even I was pushed into, I did not want to study what I studied in school, engineering. Yeah. But I figured if my dad is helping me pay for my education, and I still got loans though, mm -hmm. then I do need to get a worthwhile degree and then pursue what I want. And the fact that you pushed, I mean, that this, I feel like the discipline you learned as a young kid uh may have helped you in college to to be like i need i need to get through this like the the little girl in you i feel like wanted to still you know get that approval from your dad right yes from your father and and i i get that i 100 percent get that um i think in a way also i try to get approval from my husband because uh, he's not an actor ah uh, and uh you know and acting is very subjective Sure. As we know, everyone has everyone has an opinion. So it's true. Um, and so, how did how did you? You were the only child, right? Um, only child, it, yeah. But and, I, you know what? I told people in school when I was like uh, ten, yeah. nine or ten. I made up a story that I have an older sister. <laughs> Wait, what? I want to hear this. Yeah. yeah. So, um, my dad used to go to school and drop me off on his way to work, and. Um, they said, Mr. Wynn, this is my last name's Wynn. They said, Mr. Wynn, where is her older sister? And then my dad said, what older sister? And then I said, she's busy. Like, I'd always make up something. She's busy. <laughs> uh, she's, a, she's studying. She, like, always an excuse. Right, right, right. So I, had, an, um, I w had a big imagination growing up. I also, we went to the Houston shipyard when I was younger. I picked the biggest ship in the yard, and I said, my dad owns that. <laughs> so they said well my dad goes to school mr wind you can't believe you on the carnival cruise lines and then my dad said i don't own any carnival cruise line <laughs> that's funny oh my yeah. god so i i had a, an active imagination from a young age you had a glamorous imagination <laughs> yes i did <laughs> <laughs> you wanted to own the ship um Big ship you know no, so, that's cool. That's yeah. Cool. <laughs> that's funny though. Um, and so, but yeah. So you were the only child in real life. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and, and then um, you told me over the phone that you did become rebellious at some stages in your life. Yeah. Now, you um, can you can go as far into that as you like, but I was yeah. I, I would say like when I even in my years in college, you know, I grew up very sheltered. Uh, you know, uh, no boyfriend until I was in college. Of course, high school was always a priority. Get out of high school, enter college. Mm -hmm. But I did have my fun in college mm -hmm. and beyond that. Mm -hmm. So I hit the party circuit. I yeah. think after I graduated, I was going out like four or five times a week. Wow. Yeah. And then I segued into teaching math because I figured it's flexible for me to do what I want as opposed to being an engineer sitting eight, you know, eight hours a day, oh, yeah. seven to four, nine to five. 
Okay. And um, I remember at school, like during my free period, like during the, like a Tuesday, I would plan out my weekend. Like way <laughs> I was planning out when I was going to go out. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. And it's funny, like I'm a mother now as a child and I still get those emails from the past, like join this club and all these DJs and I don't live that life anymore. <laughs> well, yeah, 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 yeah. No, that's... Uh... <laughs> You had to live life, right, in order to uh -huh. to figure it out. And as I mentioned to, to you over the phone, my sister had similar uh, similar upbringing. Now she moved here from Iran, right, at 14, 13, yeah. 14. And so slowly transitioning to a woman in a foreign country at that time for her. Uh, my parents were very conservative at the time. Yeah. Um, and so it was... Um, it was tough for her as well. And she got married young. She didn't do the college life. She did go to college, but she didn't do, have that party life because yeah. she got married young. She got married at 18, uh, right before her 19th birthday. And then she, she, she left. Like that was same rules for my parents for her. You can't date, right? You have to, mm -hmm. like dating isn't right, this and that. Um, it's a very, that part of the world, custom to do right and and um the asian countries uh oh, the, yeah. the eastern european countries also uh middle east and all of that it's just a lot more conservative um point of that story is that um she she you know and she doesn't mind me t saying this on the air she she had her challenges later mm -hmm. in life you know uh she missed out on her 20s really like as far as like having that single life she got married in 18, like I said, she had two kids, but before 30. So then, you know, then it's like, you're, you're a mom. Uh, everything changes, as you know, you know, oh, be, yeah. being a parent, like that's priority now, right? Like that's all. And so she didn't have that. She didn't have her 30s. And then now she's in her 40s. And, you know, um, she's figuring it out slowly. Her daughters are old enough now that she can kind of start looking inward and, and trying to heal and trying to uh kind of patch up the the 20s and 30s and make sense of everything but it it is it is tough now i do give you uh, uh kudos for for being rebellious because i was rebellious but it was yeah. a lot easier for me to be rebellious um as a boy unfortunately um in in that and, and being the younger one too um it was uh yeah, my sister always says, "When you got a lot away with a lot more shit than I did, <laughs> you know." And I got, and she, I got to say that people in my major were boring too. Oh, oh! Yeah. I was always hanging out in the cinema library. I went to USC where they had a, a number yeah. one cinema school. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I was, I was hanging out in the Doheny Library. I remember watching uh, Scarface godfather yeah yeah, yeah <laughs> all those yeah. american me all those trilogies you know and when um, you would tell your parents like you want to pursue acting what was their opinion while you i were... never told them oh you never told them no i i really delved into acting only after until my father died oh my god he died you know unfortunately uh this monday was 14 years since he died and mm. uh, you know he died un unfortunately of cancer mm. Um, but then I went, you know, that was interesting when he died that first year and that was 2008. And if you recall in 2009, Michael Jackson died. Yeah. 
okay, I have no relation to Michael Jackson or anything, but I read his story and I read how his parents pushed him into the music industry and everything. I started crying. Yeah. And I thought, oh my God, he is an entertainer, and this is what I wanted to do. My, wanted to do my whole life. And I had a realization because I had taken the GRE to enter graduate school after my dad died. So I continued to think like I have to live for my father and continue his business. He was a petroleum engineer. And I thought, oh, if I get a finance degree, I can supplement my engineering degree, continue my, you know, my dad's dream. Yeah. But, I, you know, I couldn't think like that anymore. You were living for him, for his Yeah, approval. I was still living for him. Yeah. And I came to a realization and I went on vacation by myself. I... I charged three thousand dollars. It was an expensive trip, five days to Tahiti. Mm -hmm. I went by myself in two thousand nine, and then my best friend told me that you are the one that creates your own happiness in life. And I really was at peace with myself. I was. I tried to escape as far away from Hollywood as possible. And that year. Yeah, 2009, I went in like January, I remember. Um, my dad died in September 2008. Um, I was in a kayak going, you know, canoeing around. And there was a film crew there shooting Couples Retreat with Vince Vaughn. Oh, my God. Go figure. So yeah. I'm like thousands of miles away and I see a film being shot. Yeah. <laughs> That's a sign, honestly. I That's think it was a sign, yeah. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> But I came back, and I'll tell you, when I came back, you know, uh, this is another story, but I was always eligible for the union, the Screen Actors Guild. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I decided to fork over, I think in 2009 it was 2200 Now it's much more expensive. Oh, wow. But I paid the 2200 and I joined Screen Actors Guild, and I just threw myself submitting for everything, um... And you know what? I was still like getting called in for auditions and I was brand new, relatively brand new in acting, even though I had experience and I did extra work when I was younger. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So my early 20s, I was on lots of sets, but I was doing extra work. Right. right. Some of that led to bit parts on TV where I got chosen. Ironically, those, those small little credits were when I was not trying at all. And now I see how difficult it is yeah. that I'm in the union and I, and I, you know, I did student film here, I did student film there, and then I did yeah. something for the graduate school, and then, but. Um, you you definitely have used both sides of your brain, it looks like. As I think as, so. Yeah, I mean, I mean yeah. that's, that's uh, a lot of people are either one side or the other side, and, and um, I think you. I think we learn everything we are put through in life, like the timing of it all. I feel it just strengthens ours for what we're really meant to do. Like all the shitty days of like, maybe for you, all the shitty days of studying, yeah. to get your degree or, you know, just not pursuing acting and just, you know, focusing on, on, on pleasing your parents. Mm -hmm. I feel like all that hardship groomed you to, to be to have that tougher skin that to have that uh tougher mindset to pursue it and and i only say this because i'm also in that same light you know um yeah 
Now, I was lucky enough to be able to major in music, which is for Persian, that's that's not that really uh, uh, common. So, you know, similar to you, a lot of uh, Persian parents push their kids to either go in the med- yeah. medical route, science or, or law. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I did start majoring in math initially before oh. I, I I did, I did, I did initially, but I realized I'm not that smart <laughs> and uh, I, I wasn't passionate for it, but I couldn't fight. I couldn't, I couldn't just keep fighting that and get through another three years of schooling just to mm-hmm. get a degree I didn't want. So I just switched it up. And again, knock on wood, my parents were very supportive of my music pursuit now my dad he was a musician learned by ear as a kid my mom was a vocalist a singer and that's actually how they met those two interesting Um, yeah they met through music but so in a way my dad was like you know this is an extension of me like Mm -hmm. so he was supportive of that now here's the funny part i I, and I still teach music, as you know, and, and I, I sing um, here and there, but uh, and it's always going to be a part of my life. But when I when I got separated and I came here <laughs> and I told my parents, hey, I'm uh, I'm separating. I, I need a place to stay temporarily. Also, I'm going to pause music. And then they got excited, like I'm going to pursue some. Uh, right. Thought like, a, oh, OK, he's going to get a, a quote unquote real job. Uh-huh. And, then I, and then, yeah, yeah. And then I said. Actually, no, I'm going to pursue comedy and acting now. Um, they immediately booked the one-way flight to Iran. Oh. <laughs> I joke that it was coincidence that that happened, but it was just funny because it's part of my stand-up too, I say that. But uh, yeah, it's... Um, yeah, it's I, like after I graduated college, my parents assumed I'm going to move back home. Right. I right. stayed out here. <laughs> Wanted my freedom. By the way, does your mom... Um, did she still treat you like you were that little girl? You know, my mom lives with us. Um, oh, right, right. And, uh, well, the, the, the thing is that uh, my mom is like, she's very conservative. Yeah. I joke with her like she lives in the 1800s. <laughs> you know, like I'll go to a table read. The, we do these for acting. Uh-huh. They're free events. When writers are there and they write scripts and then we interpret it and... You know, I have to wear something. My mom gives me an apron. I said, Mom, you know. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't exactly tell her each role I'm doing. But, you know, I I just tell her I'm not working on Little House on the Prairie. Right, right. right, right. (laughs) Dressed like I'm serving milk or something. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I, listen. My mom was one of those moms. She still does yeah uh, she she was very she has a conservative mind but if you kind of crack it a little bit she, yeah she opens up and that's kind of how my mom is but oh my god some of the movies when when blockbuster was still open back in the day i remember blockbuster yeah yeah and we would rent movies right and there's like a kissing scene an innocent kissing scene my mom is doing this where is the remote where is the remote we have to fast forward this <laughs> <laughs> so i'm just like and she still does this even on like streaming platforms i'm like mom it's hard to find it's like just it's just a kissing scene so yeah. so now she's like now she doesn't say it but i just look at her in the corner she's like 
She's just biting her nails. <laughs> She's you like, tell her there, there's that leads to more things. No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> oh, sometimes my dad reminds her because my dad is more chill about this stuff. So he's <laughs> like, he's like, oh, what? You you don't want to be reminded? But <laughs> 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 that's my dad's flirting with my mom. Uh, how how do you think you got here? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, don't start that with her. She's gonna be like, she'll just start cussing me out in Farsi. But it's yeah, it's a. Uh, <laughs> Speaking of comedy, um, I was going to say, like, um, my husband, who's in lighting, um, we actually joke around quite a bit. Uh -huh. Like, after we have a, you know, our rendezvous, it's challenging yeah. because we have a child and my mother lives here. Right. So we have one room where the action takes place. <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, after that rendezvous, we always come up with jokes, you know? Okay. <laughs> so yeah, thought, yeah, yeah. So, and then I had an acting teacher in the past, and he said sex is the root of comedy. Listen. And I thought to myself, that's got to be right, because after the nookie, all the jokes come out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I 100% I, I believe it, because, I mean, sex is funny. Sex is hilarious. Like, yeah. The things we think about, right? It's just hilarious, like. Like when we're when we're in the streets in a normal setting, like, and then you do that in your privacy, it's hilarious. Like the how we switch it up. But and listen, there's a lot of comics who have an hour long special just on that topic. So oh, I, I mean, but my my life feeds into comedy. I believe when I introduce myself to casting people, I say my house is like King of Queens. I don't know if you've ever seen <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, I have. Yeah, with a child running the whole house. Right. I got my mom who's in her you know, early 70s, and then my husband is older than me, he's in his yeah. 50s, so he thinks his way, and then, um, you know, like, it's all kinds of, like, just when I'm arguing with my husband, my mom gets in the conversation. That's, she, yeah. Yeah, she'll say, Catherine, I didn't raise you in a barn. <laughs> you know, because, you know, my husband talks like a sailor, flailing the F word, and then I retaliate, and I say, oh. Uh -huh. F word back, uh -huh. and then uh -huh. Uh -huh. my daughter's in the other room, and then I tell him, "Take, let's take it to the garage." You know, <laughs> I'm going down. This is going down outside. <laughs> so, no, that's a, you're right. That's a sitcom. Your house is a sitcom. It is. It's, it's kind of a sitcom, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, I get it. I get it. Listen, I get it. Yeah. I. Uh, uh, well, listen. That's uh We only scratch the surface with this episode, and um, <laughs> I hope that you know you you would be open to coming back on my podcast because um, oh, I want to, and if anything, I can help promote, like if you're, you know, whenever you have opportunities that you want to share, just let me know, you know, we're, I consider us friends now, like as a result of this class that we're together with. You know, I, I did write a play and oh. I postponed it because of COVID. I was trying to find another agent. It's called, It's a Mother. It's a Mother. Okay. And, and based on my relationship with my mother. Yeah. Yeah. So it, and um, it have to play. Uh, imitate my mother. That's that's great. Um, but you... I, I plan to put it up, but right. COVID got in the way. Yeah. Are you gonna put? Are you gonna resume that? Are you gonna try to put I that? I think in I will. Now that I spoke to you, I just got a, the other actress that's gonna play the shrink. Yeah. And I found someone that will play the shrink. It's just a, it's kind of a one woman show. Got it. I was but, gonna ask, is it a big cast or not? Or, but, no, or, it's just yeah. two of us. Just the two. But and then I plan to wear the aprons. 
and stuff like that, <laughs> you know, <Yes. laughs> cooking, struggling with the cooking and all that. <laughs> Listen, that's hilarious because it's true. Mm -hmm. And the truth is so funny. The truth is. The, I'm seeing that. It's yeah. And, and, and everyone, you have to get on Cat's uh, Instagram and, and by the way, plug your Instagram if you will. Oh yeah. Should I type it in the chat here? Oh no, just, just say it and I'll have it. Uh, Oh, it'll be, it'll come up on the screen. Yeah, yeah. Okay, got... does everyone see the spelling of my name? Yes. Okay, so then you put at, and then to stick my middle name in there, Catherine Eva went Evie. Ah, Catherine Eva went. Here, I'll, just, here, I'll write right here. Catherine Perfect. Eva And I'll, there it is. Yep. And I'll have that on the, um, it'll be here on the screen. Give Kat a big follow and let her know you want to see her production of her playing her mother. <laughs> it's a mother. It's a mother, it's called. <laughs> it's a mother, it's called. Yes, yes. And you know, uh, at the beginning of the play, I, I came up with the idea. We're going to have a collage and we're going to show like a mothership, a motherboard, a mother of a lion, yeah. a, you know, mother. And then it's a, it's a mother, you know. Yeah. Are you planning to have any uh, cameos from your father's side or no? Um, I didn't think about that, but um, that could be. Yeah, still I, in development. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, I'm excited. I'm excited to, to see what comes of that. That sounds mm -hmm. really uh, funny and promising. Oh, and get on uh, Kat's Instagram and make her do her three-minute comedy. I'm trying to get her to do it. So yeah. <laughs> she's trying to get into it. Um, and... I think you're really funny and I feel like you have stories that people are going to relate to and that's what makes it funny. So uh, uh, yeah, I used, I lived, I helped a foreigner before with the green card. Yeah. That's a whole comedy thing. Oh my God. Yes. yes. Oh my I, God. This guy, he was a <laughs> piece of work. I need to, I need to learn impressions from you also. <laughs> you're really good at that as well. Um, well, cool, Kat. Uh, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate yeah, you. This I'm has been, you. thank you. This has been episode eighty-two on Fumble Podcast. Give me a follow. Give me a super like. Give me a subscription. As you see on my posts, I say subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> subscribe. <laughs> yes, subscribe. I forget the B in the in the word. Subscribe to my channel, por favor. Um, I um, thank you guys for getting on. I'm Pedge the Maniac on all social media platforms. Um, my, if you're in the Northern California area, come out and to my open mic. It's now every Saturday at Front Street Studios. Uh, we had our inaugural open mic last Saturday, and it was a hit. A lot of people loved it. And thank you guys that came out and supported all the comics. We got the second one. The sequel is coming up this Saturday, the 24th of September. Now, by the time you hear this, it would be after uh, September 24th, but come out to the next one, which would be the end of September. So um, follow That's me. That's awesome. You're doing it on Saturday, prime time. Saturday evenings. Yes, Saturday evening, yeah. open mics. That's right. Um, uh, thanks to my good friend, Dennis McBride. He, he uh, offered his studio and he supports all the arts and he's having open mic comedy night and we mix music into it too, which is great. It's a, it's a whole vibe. So um, DM me if you have any questions about that. Follow Kat. Thank you yep. so much. And, and I I'll promise you live entertainment. 
<laughs> if you follow me, I only discuss entertainment. I do not discuss politics or religion. Hey, there we go. That's right. I'm here on Earth to entertain you. Yes, as my <laughs> hero Freddie Mercury said, let me entertain you. <laughs> there we go, guys. We're going to end it on that. I'll catch you guys on the next one. Peace out.